Shalom, Abarachu, Rabbi Tamesach, Nedarim, Daf Lamir Aleph. Today's Daf discusses someone who makes a nether on Jews, someone who makes a nether on Bnei Noyach, on Zerah how one can do business with someone who we already made a nether on, not to get an off from. We discuss items that, are, that break uh, upon returning to the seller. At what point does he have the den of a shoyel? Then we learn what the uh, term Arelim refers to, spoiler alert, refers to Goyim. And then we discuss some of the milos of Brismila. We begin with the Mishnah at the top of Laman Alf Omer Alf that says that if someone makes a ned there from all of those who are Shoiv Shabbos. That includes all Jews and all Kutim, because they also keep Shabbos. In a, an incredibly fanatical way, but they do keep Shabbos. If uh, he makes a ned there on those who eat garlic, that includes Jews and also Kutim. This is referring to the minute to eat garlic on Friday night. If he makes his nether on the Oile Yerushalayim, that includes Jews, but not Kutim, because Kutim have their Aliyah Laregel up to hire Grizim. That's their, you know, holy mountain over there. Holy in quotations. So now the Gemara says, well, what do you mean Shoiv Sei Shabbos? What is he referring to when he makes a nether on all Shoiv Sei Shabbos? Does that mean anyone who's Mekayim Shabbos? Goyim are also Mekayim Shabbos by not keeping it. Elamaya means those who are mitzuvim on Shabbos. Those who are required to keep Shabbos. Uh, how does that fit with the uh, that last case we had with the Oili Yerushalayim? That only includes Klai Yisrael? Why wouldn't it include Kutim? They're also mitzuvim to make Ali Ali Yerushalayim. So Abaya says, what the guy is saying is that he's making a nether on anyone who's mitzuvah and actually fulfills the commandment. In the first two cases in our Mishnah... Both Jews and Kutum are Metuvim and Oisim. Goyim. It's fine and dandy that they're doing their job by not keeping Shabbos, but they're not Metuvim. When it comes to Eli Yerushalayim, Yisrael. The Jews are Metuvim and they do it. The Kutim are Metuvim and they don't do it. They go to Haragwizim instead. The next Mishnah discusses a case of someone who makes a neder that I won't get any Hanoff from Bnei Noyach. What does that include? Mishnah says that in, that does not include Jews. But will answer him on on Goyim. So Bnei Noach does not include Jews; it includes Goyim. The Gemara says, oh, "Hang on, but Yisrael Jews also come from Noach, from shame. Otherwise, we w- they, it wouldn't be called anti-Semitism from shame." The Gemara answers that Enochanami ancestrally we do come from Noach, but once Avram Avinu was Ikdash. We now go after Avraham, not Noyach. The Mabid has an interesting tshuva saying not to name children after anyone from before Avraham, uh, Noyach, Yefes. But the tshuva Me'ava says that we have uh, Amiroim who named from before Noyach, from before Avraham. We have uh, even Ruvay named his son Chanoich. The next Mishnah says, that if someone makes a, a neder, that he won't get any Hanoah, from Zerah Avraham, that includes Jews, but not Goyim. In fact, the Gemara, hang on, what about Yishmael? He is Zerah Avraham, no? The Gemara says, no. The Pasuk says, Ki Avraham refers to Yitzchak's lineage. Okay, what about Esav? They're not Yisrael, and, and it also goes through Yitzchak. The Gemara answers, since the Pasuk says, Be Yitzchak, it means from Yitzchak there will be a lineage called Zerah Avram, but not Kol Yitzchak, not Esau included.
The next Mishnah says, Allah, if someone makes a nether, that he won't make, he won't get any anna from Yisrael. So all Jews are off limits to him to get any anna. So what's he supposed to do when he goes out to work on, you know, next Sunday, next Monday, whatever? How's he supposed to do business if he can't get any anna from anybody? So the Gemara says he has to buy things overpriced and sell things underpriced. If he makes a nether that Jews can't get enough from me, he has to sell things overpriced and buy things underpriced. But, you know, no one's really going to go for that. Hey, you want to buy something for, for way too expensive? However, if the guy makes a nether saying that I won't get enough from Jews and Jews can't get enough from me, then the only business he can do is with Goyim. Now the Gemara brings Shmuel that says, if someone buys, he takes something from a salesman to check it out. You know, I want to inspect this item. Oh, maybe it's good. Maybe I'm uh, looking around. And whoops, it falls out of his hand and, you know, shatters. Okay? At that point, he's chayiv, says Shmuel, because he's a shoyal. Now, from the fact that we look at this guy as a shoyal, you see that the upper hand is with the buyer. You see that the hano is with the loikeach, not the moicher. That being said, we have a mission that seems the opposite. We said that if the guy makes a neder, that he won't get any henna from Jews. He has to undersell all his products. Mashma, that he can't sell it for price value. However, if we're tining that the hanog is the buyer's hanog, it's like, oh, it's like a that I just bought something, then why can't the seller who made a neder not to get hanog sell it at price value? He's still not getting. I know that knows going to the buyer, not the seller. The Gemara answers that our mission is talking about a product that's in very low demand. Everyone has the, so the buyer doesn't have this Murray de Hanoa from finally getting this item. He could just he could walk anywhere and pick one of these up. That's why the seller would be getting Hanoa. In this case, that's why he has to undersell it. In fact, the Gemara, if that's so, how do we understand the ratio where he says that this guy not only does he have to under Sell, he has to overbuy. Why does he have to overbuy if it's such a common commodity? The question number two is that in the safe of our Mishnah, it says that if uh, the guy makes an edder, that Jews can't get enough from me, he has to buy things cheap and sell things expensive. However, if we're talking about something, an item that's very low demand, why can't he just buy it at, you know, at a fair price? Shove it, shove it. Since he's the one, to, since it's, it, the item is on such a low demand, he's not getting a, any hana by buying it for what it's worth. Why does he have to pay extra to buy it? And for the Gemara, that case in the Seifa is talking about an, an item that has a very high demand. And therefore, the hana goes to the buyer. Ah, finally, I was able to find somewhere, someone that'll sell this to me. For the Gemara, if that's true, why does he have to? buy things cheap to make sure he's not giving a hanot to Jews. If he buys it at price value, shove the item is high demand. He's the one getting a hanot. He's not giving hanot to the seller. The Gemara answers, Amish must be talking about a, not a high commodity, not a low commodity item. There's an even amount of supply and demand. According to Shmuel, who said that the guy who's checking out the Item in the shuk, the drops that he's chayiv for Einstein, that was talking about a specific case where it was a very high commodity item where the hana would have been his to be able to buy it. That's why he's, he's the one that's getting hana, and that's why he's chayiv if he breaks it as a shoyal. 
You have a raya from a bracelet, someone who buys Caleb from a merchant, and he wants to send it as a gift to his father-in-law's house, to his kala. And he tells the merchant, I'll tell you what, if my father-in-law likes it and he takes it, I'll pay you whatever the item's worth, whatever you're charging. However, if they don't want it and they send it back, then I'll pay you whatever toivas hano there is in them knowing that I wanted to send them a gift. Right? That also has a value. That was the deal he made with the merchant. Now, if on the way to his father-in-law's house the item breaks, he's chayiv to pay as a shoyal. But if it breaks on the way back to the merchant after his father-in-law turns it down, then he'll be potter to pay. Because at this point, he doesn't have the din of a shoyal, he has the din of a noise sachar, since he's going to be paying for this items I know that he got. We challenge this from, we challenge this idea of Shmuel. There was a case of a merchant. He used to buy donkeys and, and sell them in the market. There was one day that he didn't sell any in the market. So on his way back home with this donkey, the donkey died. Now, does he have to pay the, the owner of this donkey, the one who he's selling it for? Rabbi Nachman passed on that case that he does have to pay. Ravak went to Rav Nachman and said, hang on. We just learned the case from the guy sending the gift to his father-in-law that you only have to pay on the way to the father-in-law. On the way back, he's potter. So Rav Nachman said that's very different because when it comes to the donkeys, even when it's on the way back from the market, it still has the din of being going to the market. Why? Because even if he, if he just got home and he's about to you know, put the donkey in the shed for the night and someone comes over to him and says, oh, could I buy that donkey? He's always ready to sell it. As opposed to by the father-in-law case, once the father-in-law sends it back, this thing's not for sale anymore. Now, in the next Mishnah, we have a guy who makes an edda that he won't get any enough from Aralim, from uncircumcised individuals. He's now mutter to Jews, and not just any Jew. He's mutter to Jews even if they have an RL, even if they never had a bris. However, he's also on all goyim even if the guy had gotten a bris. Just because he specified RL, RL refers to all goyim, whether they had a meal or not. If he makes a neder, a flip side, that he won't get any enough from anyone who has a bris, he's also on all goyim, on all Jews, because Jews have the din of having a bris even if they hadn't had a bris, even if they have an arla. And he'll be mutter on all goyim even if they did have a bris. Because the Mishnah explains, Arla refers to goyim. The Pasuk says, Ki chol goyim areilim. V'chol beis are leiv. Even two other pesukim of Ahoya HaPlishti HaOrel HaZeh. David didn't know if Goliath was Taka and Arel, but as a guy, he has the din of an Arel. And the other Pasuk is, Pen Tismachno Benoist Plishtim, Pen Taloizno Benoist Arelim. You can't know if all of the Plishtim were Arelim, but halachically they all have the din of being an Arel. But this man Azariah tells us that an Arla is Maus, and we see that because that's how we disparage Rishoim. The Pasuk says, Ki Goyim Arelim. Rabbi Shmuel kicks off our list of reasons why Mila is laudable. He says Mila is great because there are 13 brisois that Hashem made treaties with Avram Avinu listed in the mitzvah of Mila. 
The second Rabbi Yossi tells us that Mila is tremendous in that it's Doiche Shabbos. You're allowed to do a bris Mila on Shabbos even though it's it's the Abmeloch of Shechita. And Shabbos is very Chomor and yet Mila is Doiche that. Rabbi Shmuel ben Karcha says the third reason that Mila is tremendous in that even Moshe HaTzadik, referring to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe HaTzadik, even he couldn't wait an extra second uh, to do bris Mila and we'll say, we'll get through that story in the, the Gemara. The fourth miler Ben Achemia brings is that Milo is doiche tzaras, is doiche negoim. If someone has tzaras on his orla, he still does Milo. The fifth miler Rebbe brings that Gadoyle Milo, because with all the mitzvahs that Adam Avinu did, he wasn't titled a Sholem until he had a bris Milo. The Rebbe Islam told him by the mitzvahs of Milo, his halech lefana v'hiyei somim, he'll be fully be a Sholem. The sixth mile we have is the Milo is tremendous because without it, the Baruch Shalom would not have created the world. The Pasuk says, The round brings another one that Milo is based on the Pasuk. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.